welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with the Driving Your Marketing Podcast and the Your Marketing University. We are here to teach you all the fun, cool stuff related to marketing-related stuff. So let's face it, as small business entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, we tend to get out there. We know we have our products, our services, whatever it is to get our message out there and help add value to the world. Let's face it, the marketing stuff is the stuff that usually gets put on the back burner for one reason or another, and most of the time it's because we get scared, we get tired of it, we get frustrated thinking that marketing is too complicated, too complex, and that it has to be expensive and all that kind of crazy stuff. And for me as a marketer, when I first started getting in the business, I realized that marketing was something I needed to do in order to grow my business. And over the years, I've realized that marketing is not as hard or complicated as a lot of people tend to think that it is. And that's why I started the show, to bring in cool guests, share my message, share their message, share some of the things that they're doing to get their message out there. And hopefully you can take away a couple of tidbits of things you can take action on immediately and eliminate the overwhelm with marketing-related stuff. And today I have Chris Sprague. He's an the International Transformation and Empowerment Ambassador. He's a keynote speaker, best-selling author, and a pioneer in the study of how people think. And his purpose in life is to inspire and empower people to understand how they are wired and, in turn, transform their lives. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Eli. I'm honored to be on the show, and I look forward to uh, look forward to having a fun day with you. Oh, yeah, we're going to definitely have some fun with it. So, right, you know, just to kind of get the things rolling, tell us a little bit about your history. How did you get started in, the, in this world? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I started off many, many moons ago. In fact, when I was a young kid, I started off as an actor. And, and my goal in life was to either be an actor or a professional bowler. I, I was blessed with, with some talent in both areas. And by the time I left high school, um, I was doing, I was an entertainer, I was doing some disc jockeying, and, and, and I was just having a lot of fun. I mean, I could have went to college if I wanted to, but um, decided not to. Decided to stick around and do, um, do entertaining. And um, then I took what I call my, my 15-year detour because at that point, entertainment and what I was doing wasn't paying that well. So, you know, everybody's got to eat and everybody's got to, you know, make a living. Not that money is the most important thing, but money gives you options and helps make memories. So at some point, you, you need a little bit of it. And I took a 15-year detour into the world of information technology. Yeah, I sat behind a desk for 15 years. And towards the end of my career, I was a um, my, my last corporate job was as a senior director for a Fortune 500 company. Now, at the end of that job, that was my second layoff within the span of two years. And and when I tried to get back into what I was doing before, in other words, in the IT field, I just wasn't able to go over the final hump and the final round interviews. So I started to look again inside and started to figure out what you know what my true passion, what my purpose in life was. And and um, back about three years or so ago, I joined John Maxwell as a founding partner in his coaching, coaching, teaching, and public speaking certification program. And it's, you know, it's kind of, it's led me to where I am today. 
And the reason I said that is because I started off with John doing solely leadership stuff as, as the main focus. And after a few years, I realized that um, through a lot of personal loss and a lot of a lot of trouble and a lot of downtimes, um, that I was really meant to teach people about how they were wired as a main focus with with an emphasis on marketing and leadership on the back end. Because in the end, once you understand how you're wired. Once you understand how your ideal client is wired, and once you create a content marketing strategy around that, you end up you end up falling to what I call attraction marketing, and your ideal customer just comes calling to you versus you going out and fighting for your ideal customer. Right, and I love that, and I love the way you, you just kind of split right in there with exactly what we're talking about is the marketing side of things, and how you're wired has a lot to do with how you attract those customers, those prospects that you are actually going to enjoy working with, which I think is a really big thing, and they're going to be the best clients for you to work with because they love and appreciate everything that you do. Right, and, and you don't have to be fake. I mean, you know, the big, the biggest challenge I find with working with a lot of entrepreneurs um, and a lot of business owners, I started the Professional Practice Builder Society in an effort to overcome this. I co-founder of it with a clinical psychologist. It's kind of an interesting uh, scenario. But what, what we both find is, is very challenging to work with entrepreneurs is they're always out chasing that big client because times have been tough. And the fact of the matter is is that you can chase the big client all you want, but if you don't talk like them, dress like them, act like them, be where they are, you're never going to get them. And the more you try to talk like them, act like them, dress like them, be like them, but are in another place that makes you feel comfortable more comfortable, you're never going to get the clients that you resonate with. You know, so think about it, think about it this way. Um, and I don't talk politics, but it's a great example. Democrats and Republicans speak different languages. They, they, you know, in America they speak English, but if you hear the way they say things and what they say, they're they're meant to resonate with their constituents. That's exactly why a Republican will get hammered if they say something that's a little too liberal, or a Democrat will get hammered if they say something that's a little too conservative because they're not resonating with their ideal. Uh, their ideal client or their their ideal marketplace, and it's the same way with with small businesses, with entrepreneurs. You know, if you're talking and acting and dressing and being a certain way, but you're going after different customers, chances are you're you're, you're not going to get them. Right, and I love that because it, it is such a, a critical key point that so many people don't realize, and I think that that's where also niching your target market down is really important too, because I know people that say, well, my product is for everybody. Well, maybe your product could be for everybody, but that doesn't mean that it is for everybody. And chances are a lot of them don't know that they even have a desire for it. Most of them don't care. But if you find those group of people that do have a need, that do care about it, and let's, I mean, let's just look at, we can pull just about any niche out of the out of the world with this, but let's say you have, you know, health products that are that are designed around kids. Well, your target market is going to be new mothers. You know, that's going to be your starting point because that's a really big market and they understand and they care and those are the things that are top of mind to them and when you can talk their language, that's when they go, oh, this is who I need to pay attention to. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting you bring up niching. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast who are struggling with niching, um, I'll say that again because I sound like a slur, struggling with niching, 
Um, geez, it kind of rhymes. We ought to come up with a comedy routine about it because it is, it is so much fun. But, but anyway, for those of you who are struggling with niching, you're talking, you're listening to somebody who had that same struggle because, you know, my, my message is leadership. My message is, is motivation, empowerment, transformation, and everybody needs that. I don't care if you're a billionaire or if you're somebody who's homeless. You, you need that um, whether you know it or not. So I struggled mightily with, with niching until what I realized I had to do was first come up with my message and, and, and stop and literally stop worrying about niching because when I finally zoned in on what my message was and what really resonated with me, then I sat down and started to craft it. And this, this works the same for businesses. Figure out what you're good at. Start crafting your marketing and talking about it in a way you're comfortable and you will naturally develop your niche market out of that. But sometimes people get so stuck because, because let's face it, Eli, Everybody who's everybody who's successful in business will will tell you that you eventually need to focus in on one market. I mean, look at Facebook. They focused in on you know originally that whole face smash thing where it was just you know guys and girls looking at people who are hot. But then they focused in on you know one college campus and we want to get you on this one social network. And then they focused in on one demographic, college kids and how they thought, how they acted, and how they interacted. You know, it's now a global phenomenon. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that when you talk to people about niching, sometimes you have a, a mental wall, a mental block, and you know, you're so afraid that if you niche, you will lose everybody else. So if you're hitting that block right now, if you're hitting that mental, that mental block, if you're hitting that wall right now, what I want you to do is stop worrying about niching, start worrying about just what do you do the best? What do you do? And if the best is tough, because I know sometimes people say, well, I do three things the best. You, know, you don't want to limit yourself. Then go to what do you have fun doing? And if you say, well, I have fun doing four things, then start marrying the two and start creating. It's kind of like, I know people don't like to talk about math, but it's kind of like where you draw multiple circles and you find the intersection of the circles. So if you, okay. you know, if you, you look at it, what do you have fun doing? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about doing? What do you do? What do you do very well? What do you do the best? Put them all and see where the intersection comes in. And that's probably where your product or your service is going to lie. And then just start talking about it like you would normally talk. And then see what happens. See who you start attracting. And if you don't start attracting people to your business, then you're probably in the you're probably taking your message to the wrong area. And you're probably in the wrong groups. So then, what you want to do is you want to find people who um, people who talk like you, people who are similar to you. Or you want to go online, networking events, Meetup.com, that sort of thing, and just search out people who are talking the same language, talking like you are, and that's when you're going to start attracting your your ideal client. Right, I love that, and it is such a, a simple way to look at it because when, you, when most of us, when we start off, we don't really know what who our ideal client is, especially when we're just getting started. Right now, we're just you know at that point of saying, okay, I just need to get some money in the door, and so they're going after everybody. And I, I remember being in that position, and I see so many people that that are in that position today, where they're just they're out networking, they're out meeting people, but they're doing anything and everything they can just to essentially pimp their product out as opposed to figuring out that one question of, okay, where are the people that would actually be interested in my stuff? And going to those events and going to meet with those kind of people. 
comes to even online stuff, what websites do they visit? So one of the one of the issues people have is the fact that when they're doing something on the internet, they're doing something that they can they get they can have a huge audience for, like it like an author or speaker or when you run webinars or even in the marketing field, when everybody's your audience, sometimes it becomes so difficult because you don't want to you don't want to um, alienate everybody. But but I'm here to tell you that there's 8 billion people some odd in the world. You're never going to hit all 8 billion anyway. So, you know, start working on figuring out who you who you resonate the, the best with because I'll tell you something. Once you do and once people start to know, like, and trust you and you start to serve the people you most closely resonate with, other people are going to come and ask you if you will help them. It's just a natural byproduct when people know, like, and trust you. Let me give an example. This is good. This is a local example. But I think it really applies because um, it was a real estate agent, and this real estate agent really wants to be working in one area. In other words, serving house customers, serving potential home buyers in one area. But this person lives in another area and doesn't isn't isn't overly keen on serving the people in, in their in their local area because the housing prices are markedly different, like five or ten times. I mean, we're talking a huge difference. So. What I what I worked with what I worked with this person on was getting them to understand the fact that yes, it's not going to make them a lot of money right now, but start to get good where they're at, and then people are going to naturally come and ask them, uh, ask them to to you know can they buy or sell a house for them in another area, and their practice will start to grow. And the good thing is is that if they start to work in their local area, and they find they're selling you know, selling hundreds and thousands of houses, maybe that is their ideal client. Maybe that, you know, maybe that's the way they talk, act. Maybe that's everything. Maybe that's the people they resonate with. So you know what? It's going to be harder work. But but I, I challenge everybody listening to this. It might be a little bit harder work, but what would you rather have? Harder work in a thriving business or something that could be easier but zero business to speak of? I mean, it's... Exactly. it's and you definitely yeah. want the want the actual business. Yep, exactly. Very cool. I love that, and it is such a powerful thought process. I love the way you broke that down too, because that especially with when we start getting into internet marketing and the online side of things, you know, we have two sides. One is people people go exactly like what you're talking about and think that they can, you know, now. Well, since I'm online, everybody is my customer. Well. Not necessarily. If you if you're the owner of a coffee shop, chances are the mass majority of your customers are going to be within a two mile maximum limit, probably closer to a half a mile. Right, and even if you're a big thinker, because there might be some big thinkers out there, there's a, a cheesesteak shop in Philadelphia that I think it's called. I, I forget the. It's it's either Geno's or Pat's or. Um, it's one of the one of the big ones, or Campos, it might be, and they have this Taste of Philadelphia package that they send out, where I think it's like twenty bucks. You can call them and order, and they will. You get a cheesesteak, you'll get everything, like a big, like a, some tasty cakes, some soft pretzels, the whole nine yards, and they'll overnight it to you. 
in dry ice and everything, and you can make it the next day. But guess what? That's after being in business for umpteen years, you know, a long time. So if you're a big-picture thinker like that, that's great. But don't worry about that as your first method of, um, you know, if you're just opening up a store now or if you're just getting into an online marketing business now, understand and have your big-picture ideas in the back of your head. But you don't have to implement them right off the bat. Like I'll give you a great example, personal experience. I created a company a few years ago that's still that's still around in the background. But when, when I sat down and created the company, I created a 40-plus page document of everything we could do. I'm kind of a big-picture thinker that way. And I still have on the drawing boards things that I could be doing for the next 20 years and still not get done, but that are huge endeavors to to, to take on. When we started off that company... The problem with that company was we tried to go too far, too fast. Like we were negotiating with contracts, we were negotiating. We we weren't even in business for a month, and we were already negotiating country contracts in three foreign countries with a couple of Fortune 100 companies. I mean, it was it was insane. I mean, there, there's no way. Even if we could have gotten the, the contracts, we would have had to scurry to, to fulfill it. Would have been great, but we would have had to scurry to fulfill it. And who knows if we would have been able to to fulfill what their needs were. So, so if you're if you're a big picture thinker, which a lot of marketing people are, I mean, you have to be creative and big picture thinking to, I believe, to be a marketer. Um, figure out what's going to get you started and what's going to get at least a little bit of, you know, what you like to do and what's going to get at least a little bit of cash rolling in so that you can put your big picture um, plans into place later on. Right. And I think that that's, that is a really critical thing to be thinking about on a regular basis for any entrepreneur because we do tend to, as entrepreneurs, we have those big picture ideas. We have a million ideas a minute. And I see this a lot in the startup community where their whole goal is that they're going to have this wonderful product, they have a great idea, and they're, they're thinking, well, we've got to get it in with this company or get it into Walmart or whatever. You know, they're looking at that big picture, which is perfectly fine, but then I ask them, have you sold one yet? And the answer is no. You know, they haven't sold that first one to see if anybody is interested in actually buying it. They're just going for the big fish. And you've got to realize, you know, sometimes you've got to start with a couple of minnows. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I was reading a book called Media. I think it was Media Magnetism by Christina Hamlet. I think this is where I read it, where it was talking about somebody who had a product that they were 100% sure Oprah would love, and they went through the whole process of, you know, you know, why would Oprah even look at the product? Well, it's something everybody needs, and and we all. And, and I'm going to shortcut it and say, look, we we all have this. I, I think as marketers, as business people, as entrepreneurs, we all have those grandiose ideas. We all have the next great product that people are going to love. Trust me, that 40-page document, I guarantee you 10, 10 things in there that, that Eli, you, you and everybody listening to this podcast are going to line up to do once we finally get them implemented, or at least I have to think that way because if I didn't, there'd be absolutely no reason to go forward and do it. So the passion, thats it's great to have passion, but you said it so well, Eli, is the fact that you know you have to see if you're going to sell one. Um, it's interesting because you know talking about products and everything, you think about the show like Shark Tank, uh, not the Shark Tank, but Shark Tank. Um, and you know the people who are successful on there, the people who go out and bust their hump and go in and sell things at flea markets and, and do what it takes to prove that they have a saleable item. Now that doesn't always guarantee success. And I was looking, I was watching a show um, a couple weeks ago. They had Diamond Dallas Page, the ex-professional wrestler, on, and his DDP yoga. 
and this stuff has changed people's lives. I mean, it's it's been a, it's been an incredible, you know, it's been it's an incredible money making opportunity. But it just wasn't. Even though he's done all the right things, it wasn't the right fit. So just because you do all the right things, and I got to slow down here for a second, just because you do all the right things doesn't mean the sharks or Oprah or a venture capitalist is going to give you the money. And when that happens. When, when that happens, here's here's what I tell people because I've counseled a lot of people on this who go, hey, I had the next greatest thing since sliced bread, and I just can't get anybody to listen. And it's like, well, a lot of times it's it's God, the grand overall designer. It's it, it's it's their way of closing somebody else's ears because you're not saying the right things. Um, and it all goes back to how you're how you're wired. You know, it's one of the things that I, I, I find interesting when I watch shows like Shark Tank and, and other shows like the, the Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch that was on, you know, that was on back right before the financial crisis hit and everything. Um, fact of the matter is, is that you know, if you're if you're, how, how can I say this right? If you're if you're if the way you're talking is true to yourself, and if you're in front of somebody who it resonates with then everything's going to be great. If for some reason it doesn't resonate, you're either probably in front of the wrong person or you're probably not saying something that, you know, you're probably saying something that's not true to yourself. Um, I learned a, a valuable lesson a long time ago I'm going to share with your with your listeners, and that is you can never say the right thing to the wrong person or the wrong thing to the right person. Um, in other words, you can only say what's in your heart and what's true to your what's true to you and the people who it's going to resonate with are the people who you're supposed to have as clients and the people who it doesn't are the people you're not and the unfortunate part is that sometimes you're in front of a venture capitalist or you're in front of somebody trying to get a lot of money for your idea because you need it and you get frustrated because it's not it's not resonating well Look for a different type of venture capitalists. Now, I don't want to stereotype people, but let's let's use it. Let's use a publicly available stereotype of a of a hillbilly and you know somebody who comes from money. So, I, I, you know, there have been rich people who have not come from money, and and maybe maybe not. We won't call them hillbillies. Maybe we'll take a step back and we'll go the person who comes from money, the person who doesn't come from money. Well, if you're in front of a VC that came from money and you're saying one thing. It might not resonate, but all of a sudden, if you go to that VC that came from nothing, like Robert Hershevik, you know, different things resonate with him than with people who came from money. So if you're in, if you're doing your, whether you're doing marketing, whether you're looking for venture capitals, whether you're looking for you know whether you're doing a Kickstarter, if you if what you're saying doesn't seem to be getting through, you might be looking at the wrong audience for what you're actually saying. Right, I love that, and I and I think that that does it has a lot of validity in the way you just put it out there. Just simple, you just simplified it down to the fact of saying the right thing to the right people. And I think a lot of times we we tend to forget because a lot. I mean, we'll just use the example of somebody who's in network marketing because we know there's a ton of people that are in network marketing, and they all say the exact same pitch over and over again. And what ends up happening is we get numb to it, and we don't want to listen to it. And a lot of people are quite, quite afraid to talk to somebody because of that. And when you turn around and think about it, it's like, okay, let's eliminate the pre-done script and figure out, okay, what is it that actually works for me, and how do I connect with people? And that's what this is all about. It's about connecting with people, having that that relationship with them where they 
get you as a person. They know what you're passionate about. They know what you're excited about. And you get along with them in the exact same way. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting you bring up network marketing because I've tried a lot of network marketing companies. Um, I think you have to have a certain personality to be a network marketer. Um, that's not good nor bad. It's just it is. Um, and it's interesting because when I've I've gone through some dark times in my life and some times where you know I couldn't I couldn't afford to even get my car inspected or didn't you know basically didn't have a car or didn't you know was you know was was getting kicked out of my house that sort of thing and and you know gone through some dark times and when you go through those times. You, you look at things like a network marketing company and say, you know what, this is a way I can make a couple of bucks really quick and, and make things work. So I always thought that I would, that the next thing I did would be successful. Um, it's funny because, I mean, and, and uh, you know, real quick, I mean, you know, we're talking, we're talking Amway, we're talking Schwann's, we're talking Schwann's ice cream door to door, we're talking meat door to door, we're talking, um, what they're back in the 90s, there was a company called Watkins that was kind of like a pre, I'll call it a precursor to Amway, but it sold not only oils and lotions and, 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 and soaps and spices and everything. I owned a delicatessen at the time. It seemed like a good fit. So, but I mean, I, I've run the gamut, and it's funny because I was even in the la my last relationship marketing business was with um, – was with not Metafast, but the Take Shape for Life, because I jumped on Take Shape. I jumped on Take Shape for Life, lost eighty pounds, was living testimonial. So you figure that's going to be extremely successful. This is an easy one. I've done the stuff. I've taken the product. I'm successful. Look at me. See, I've lost the weight. I'm skinny as a rail. You now should all jump in. And, and guess what? I still couldn't get anybody to join Take Shape for Life. So I started looking back at my life and, and started looking back at how I was wired and what I really realized was this. Back when I was a kid, um, if you all remember back in the in the 60s and 70s and maybe even into the 80s, now I'm really dating myself. Forget how young the voice sounds. Yes, I do remember the do remember the disco days. So, um, But when I was in school, I used to sell wrapping paper and these little things door to door. Um, and they were always selling for, you, know, you get little prizes and gifts and everything. You get all these points and you send them in. Um, but I hated to do that. My adopted parents would have to push me out the door to go do it. And I just absolutely hated it. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that in, in many, many years until this whole Take Shape for Life thing and until I started not only that but thinking about how I'm wired. And all of a sudden I realized, I went, you know what? I'm not meant to be a relationship marketer. I can sit on front of the stage in front of 10,000 people, 20,000, I don't care, 100,000. It's a little doubt, it's a little cowboy stadium. I'll stand on front of the stage and, and talk all day and do and, and do a knockdown, you know, a knockdown pitch at the end and, and get you to buy something. I got no problems with that. But but put me in a relationship marketing business and I flounder horribly. And it was funny. I had a lot of people in in Ambit Energy trying to get me to 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 jump on and join. And I kept telling them, "You guys are great. You guys are knocking out a park." But guess what? You don't really want me on your team. I said, if you want me to come in and motivate your people, I'll come in and motivate your people. But guess what? You don't want me on your team because unless you give me 20 stallions underneath me that are going to run, I'm not going to be out there pitching the business because that's not who I am. And that, and, and, and there's a moral to this whole story. That's one of the first areas where I started talking about the concept of attraction marketing 
and where I started developing this, this, these modules of attraction marketing. Um, I've got another friend who's, who's a great business owner, another real estate agent, and also was approached by one of the energy, um, one of the, uh, the energy resellers and jumped in and thought it was going to be a great fit with, with their home business, with their real estate selling business and hasn't been able to do anything with it. And I said, because they haven't given you the permission. So whether you want to call permission-based marketing, or traction marketing, um, and, and I want to pause here for a second and slow down, because if people who are listening to this this call are struggling in the relationship marketing business, give me a call and let's talk. And and all I'm going to say about it is this: the, the problem with relationship marketing businesses, and I think some of them are great, but the problem is is they are pumping everybody full of the idea that anybody can be a gold, double, diamond, super, sapphire, star, whatever the highest rank is, if you just work hard enough. And it's in their best interest, the companies, to do that because it's a numbers game. Let's face it, you get a million people in, undoubtedly at least a couple hundred are going to make the, the top rank. And I think right. a, a lot of companies I know are great. You know, Please understand what I'm saying. There are great companies out there, and if you have that personality, man, you can make a fortune. And I, I wholeheartedly support you. But if you're struggling, the problem is, is your personality might not be wired to to do what you're trying to do. And what you need to do is really sit back and take a look at your life and go, is this what I was? Is this what I was born and what I was wired to do? And then the second step is. If you figure out it's not, is get over the fact of how much money, time, and effort you spent trying to build it, and just realize that it's better to know now than five years from now. Right, I love that. And I mean, here's a, here's a question for you then. With with that, because I, I know that how people are wired is, is a really big part of your business and what you what you focus on most of the time. How is it that somebody can can stop? Is there like an exercise that we could do to just kind of sit back and go, okay? Here's what we need to do to figure out how we are wired. Because we are we're, we're wired one way, our clients are wired a different way, and not always is that going to be the same process. But we need to understand that to make ourselves more successful to the world around us. Yeah, exactly. There's 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 a number of things you can do. And first, before you, before you guys start any of this, um, <clears throat> you want to take a couple of deep breaths. Just so you put yourself in a different state of mind, because if you think about something, um, if you think about something in your current, uh, with your current perceptions and your current view, you're going to get the same answer. You know, you continue to ask the same question, you get the same answer if none of the inf- if none of the the background information has changed. So just put yourself in a in a nice relaxed state, and then the first thing you want to do, um, I'm going to give you guys two exercises. I'm going to outline them both real, real briefly. The first exercise you want to do is you want to go back to your earliest memories. You want to go back to remembering things from as early on as you can. For me, I went back and I remembered how much I enjoyed being an actor and the fact that my first memory, my first vivid memory, the first actual motion picture memory I have is of being in a play. So I knew that to me signaled that I was wired to to do that sort of thing. And that's one of the reasons why public speaking and doing interviews like this um, fit so naturally for me. And then when I was working through the why am I not successful, I had this great, you know, I've lost, you know, 80 pounds and I can teach people how to lose weight. Why am I not successful there? That's when I started looking back at other memories and realizing that 
um, realizing that I wasn't meant for the outbound type of marketing, that I was meant more for attraction and permission-based marketing. So what you want to do is you want to go back, and then if you find yourself stuck, and this is the, the second part of the exercise, if you find yourself stuck, then what you want to do is wherever you're stuck on, if it's a, if it's a, a visual memory or if it's an audio memory, you want to use some medium, some form of um, recordable medium to picture that in your brain. So let me give you a quick example. And, and in fact, before I give you an example, you want to use some form of visual medium in your brain so you can then end up rewriting it. Let me give you a quick example. If you have an audible memory of somebody telling you you're no good or you're not going to, you're not going to amount to anything or you're never going to be a good manager, something like that, that's a memory I think a lot of people have. Um, for those of you old enough to remember records, and if you're not old enough to remember a record, ask somebody over 30 years old. They probably remember a record. If not, go back to 40. There's this big vinyl disc. I still little... own some records just for the just put it on the on the board there. I still own some. <laughs> and 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 so do I. I have a nice big crate of my DJing records out. So, um, but what you want to do is, for those of you who remember records, you remember the fact that any little scratch would end up distorting the way things sound. So what you want to do is you want to you want to close your eyes. You want to picture the record. You want to picture whatever you want to erase being played on that record, and then you want to picture your hand coming along and taking the records forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards, slower, faster, slower, faster, um, and then maybe taking something like a penny or a coin and scratching the record until the sounds on the record are no longer audible in the way that they were before. Um, once you do that, you'll be able to unblock that memory and get back to get back to an earlier memory. Now, that's a very shortcutted version of a process I take my clients through. When I work with clients, I take them much deeper. But I also want to give your I also want to give your your audience a second. Um, a second thing, because once you get past that and you kind of figure out, okay, now I'm uncovering how I'm wired, then you got to figure out what makes you unique, and this also plays into how you're wired. So what you want to do is you want to start off with, um, I take my clients to an exercise of what makes them unique, um, another exercise to dig a little bit deeper about themselves and figure out what they say. Like what words make them laugh, what words make them cry, what words make them happy, what words make them sad. Um, yes, all four of those questions are asked, and there's a, there's a vital reason why. But then we have a profile of what you think makes you unique, what words you feel you say to make you happy and sad. And then we take a look at how you start your marketing and what words you use to describe yourself if somebody would interview you about uh, interview you about your business and then i i tack that up against what your core values are so you have these four things that are sitting there um like kind of the circles we talked about before you have your values you have a a a a a, um, a, a deep dive into what makes you unique, a deep dive into what words you say and what words make you happy or, or, or sad, and then what words you're using to talk about your business. And then we look at all those, combine them, and we see if you're, if you're balanced. In other words, are you saying, do, do, your, do the things that make you happy match up with your values, match up with what you think makes you unique and what you think, um, what you would use to describe your business? 
and then we start working back even further. So it's, it's, it's all a process. But those are two exercises that you're, that you listeners could get started with today and, you know, just, you know, see if everything lines up. And for a lot of clients I work with, they do. You know, they line up with, we, we find all four things line up and then we go back and we see how they were wired as a kid and we find out that that's different than the four things. So then we start working on, okay, this is where you this is where you were, this is where you are, now how do we get to where you need to be? All right, I love that. I think that that is a very, very powerful exercise, especially when you're, you're asking the questions of what makes you unique, what, makes, what words make you happy, sad, you know, what, are, what do you describe, or how do you describe yourself and what are your core values? That's something that, I mean, I see something kind of similar to that in one of our training programs because it is such a foundational piece and a lot of times, when we actually go through that exercise, we start changing the words that we use in all of our marketing, whether it be just a, you know, the answer to the question of, you know, what do you do to the copy on our website or an advertisement. Once we have that information kind of in our head and a little bit more up front, the language starts to change. And the great thing about that is then we start having that attraction marketing you're talking about because now we're talking to the people that get it, that understand us. Exactly, exactly. And one of the reasons why I asked the question, what makes you happy and what makes you laugh, is people will answer those those um, questions differently sometimes. And all of a sudden, you end up figuring out, well, what they're saying makes them happy is not the same thing as they're saying makes them laugh, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, is there a disconnect there? Um, so that's why people look at you know look at me real strange when I ask them both questions. And just you know, there's two other keys to, to that exercise. One is don't think when you do it. In other words, it's the first it's the first five words that come to your mind, and two is they don't have to be business related because whether you like it or not. It's kind of like Ric Flair used to said, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best thing going today. Boy, that's scary that I can still remember that. But uh, <laughs> fact of the matter is, is that whether you like it or not, the the um, the you know the words that the words that come out when you're not thinking are a very good indicator of 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 what's going on in inside of you, and that's what you have to figure out because you know. Because those are the words that are going to come out when you're pressed. Those are the words that are going to come out under stress. And the other thing is this. I'm going to wrap this segment up with this. The other thing most of my clients ask me right off the bat is, should I put personal or business stuff down? And I say, put them both. It doesn't matter. And they say, but wait a minute. We're talking about business. And what I get my clients to understand is, look, we are now in a seismic shift. It's been going on for a while that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you are a professional practice builder, fortunately or unfortunately, your business and your personal life are now one. And it's just, it is what it is. And because there are so, and the reason, because there are so many people who do what you do, that the people who don't love what they do don't succeed. The people who don't put everything in and put their heart and soul into it and then figure out how to get the balance, they don't succeed. I'm not saying you can't have a balance. I know a lot of very successful entrepreneurs. Like I'm friends with Charlie McDermott. The name might ring a bell from the Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle. He was marketer of the year a few years ago. His kid, his the name might also ring a bell because his kid is plays Axel Hike on uh, ABC's The Middle. And the reason he's on that show is because Charlie McDermott, the father, 
went out to Los went out to Los Angeles for a couple of years and did a huge marketing campaign to get Charlie the, the kid the job. Um, he's extremely successful and he works very hard, but he also I'll say plays very hard, so to speak. So when he goes on vacation, it is you know he's got his business systematized and, and automated and, and can go on vacation. So the reason I'm going to wrap this segment up with this, and I, I know I kind of steered a, I went a little bit off track there, but the reason you want to put all this in place and the reason you want to do the work now to figure all this out is so you can build your attraction marketing campaign. You can then um, – you can then systematize your business so that it ba- so that it I'll say basically runs on autopilot for the most part in between you know once you get it set up and once you kind of put everything in place um, and that it does take some tending just like farming does you got to tend but that you can get to a work life balance and it all starts or I should really say a business life balance where they might be one and the same but you're having fun doing both but it all starts with how you're wired. I do love it, and I think that that is such a critical piece. I mean, I'm I'm a huge advocate for getting those foundations in place, and this is a foundational piece because it doesn't matter what the latest, greatest stuff is out there. That you know, we get the new "Make Your Million Dollars on Facebook" garbage all the time. None of it works if you don't have foundations in place, and this is a very, very key point of it. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. This was really awesome stuff. Now, i got two last questions for you, and we're going to go ahead and wrap up. One is if there's one action step that you think everybody listening should get out and do right away, what would that be? Start. And what I mean is this. Most people are stopped dead in their tracks because they're afraid to take the next step, whether they think they are or not. And they have a lot of great ideas in their head, but they don't start. So even if the first step is a misstep, start and get some momentum build up. Because what will happen is this. You'll go, you'll make a mistake, you'll learn from the mistake, you'll move on. You'll, you'll make another mistake, you'll learn from that mistake, move on. And you'll start building the momentum. And I'm going to give you a real quick example. When I started talking about this concept of, of how people are wired, I was a little concerned because I knew the backlash I would get from everybody in my industry because nobody in my industry, in the, in the personal development industry, wants you to think anything else than you can be whatever you want to be because they make millions and millions and millions of dollars telling people they can be whatever they want to be. Well, in my view, you can be whatever you want to be within how you're wired. So you figure out how you're wired, and that leads you down the path and the blueprint, and then you're the best that you can be within who you were meant to be. And I knew that was going to be a tough thing. So I'll, I'll never forget the day I started talking about this. I was sitting around a table at a Ken MacArthur JV Alert Live event, and I got no end to ridicule from some of the, the attendees and pushback. And, oh, you're limiting people. And uh, let me say one thing real quick. Ken himself and a lot of his presenters have always been nothing but supportive. So I want to make sure that's clear because Ken <laughs> Ken's a big name in the Internet marketing biz, um, kind of like the, the grandpapa, so to speak. Um, but, you know, Ken's a good friend of mine, and he's he's been ultra supportive of me. There was a lot of the attendees at his event that just didn't understand this concept, and I knew I had to start someplace. So at that one meeting, I started telling everybody about this, and it was the first time I came public with my with with all my research and everything. It had the effect that I thought it would, which was you know some some 
uh, cantankerous moments, so to speak, some some uh, some little bit argumentative moments, but it helped me understand what I wasn't saying right to get people to understand. You know, bless your heart, Eli, you and, and other show hosts that have had me on, um, you know, now, are, now it's really resonating with it. Now I'm getting a lot of show hosts go, oh, I get it, you know, and I'm getting a lot of show hosts who probably would have pushed back at, at the beginning and now are inviting me on saying, look, this is, you know, this is the missing link. So you just got to start and you got to realize that you got to build momentum and eventually you'll hit that critical mass and you'll be a success. Awesome. Love it. So, so cool stuff. And, you know, how do people get a hold of you? Because I know people are going to want to find out more about what you got going on and connect with you as well. Yeah, the easiest way to get a hold of me is go to chrismsprague.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-M-S-P-R-A-G-U-E.com. There you see video from me. You'll see how to get a hold of me on social media, all my YouTube videos uh, linked down at the bottom. You'll also see links up at the top to the projects I'm currently working on, um, everything from the Empower Transformations Inner Circle to uh, the Professional Practice Builders Society. So once again, chrismsprague.com, and I look forward to hearing from everybody. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much. And we'll be sure to put the put the link to that in the show notes as well. So everybody listening here, you'll be able to go to drivingyourmarketing.com. Just do a quick search for Chris, and you'll be able to find his information as a link there as well. So, Chris, thank you. This has been awesome. I really appreciate your time with this. Um, and, you know, for everybody who's listening, Chris has got some really good stuff. This has been very, very powerful. I mean, you guys, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm very, very big about building the foundations and the critical pieces that go into building that long-term system of your business. You know, we just talked about the, the basically how you're wired, what are the things that are going to work for you, and then, of course, using that same information to figure out how your clients are wired can resonate with them, talk to them the way they want to be talked to, the way they are going to understand and want to listen to you because that's a critical piece because it doesn't matter how great your product or service is. If nobody's listening, you're not going to be selling anything. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap everything up. Get out there. Have an amazing rock star week as always, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.